We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Gold, and I want to thank all of our new listeners for tuning into the show, whether you're a Pacer fan that just found our show, or for some reason, you're a fan of soccer, and you're like, I'm tired of soccer right now. I'm going to tune into the uh, to the Pacers podcast, because the USL are just not talking about much right now. Thank you for coming on. This is uh, my co-host, Michael J. Focci, who's on here regularly. Focci, how you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Just itching for Pacer basketball to make its return. Alex, nearly two weeks away from training camp starting mm. up. I mean, this this is that time of the year where it's just like our lives are going to be drastically different moving forward because there's going to be a lot of storylines to talk about. And uh, we still have a few players to discuss of maybe some of the goals that we have in mind for them. Yeah, we have a couple international players here today with our veterans between Daniel Tyson and Buddy Heald. So that does lead me to an international question for you, Fachi, because we know that soccer is an international sport. And I know we have some new listeners of the show that are big soccer fans. Any interest in soccer, Fachi? Not really. Hey, nothing against it. I was just never a soccer guy. I think I played it one time, like in like a a league when I was like maybe seven or eight. Other than was (laughs) it really good? I don't think it really does. I, I. I don't think it does, but for for this question, I'm going to throw that out there. I wasn't really good at it, um, and uh, I never really watched it. Obviously, I know the, the main, main soccer stars, but of all sports, I'd say that's probably the sport I know the least. I would probably agree with you there. I, I think that it's just mind-boggling to me the amount of running they do to score like three points in a game. That's a lot oh, of work. Yeah, if. That's what I'm saying. Like, you might see a two-to-one game. That's what I'm saying. Three points total. It's like, 
This is just a lot of running, and I'm a guy that doesn't really enjoy running. I like walking at a fast pace for my workouts. I don't enjoy jogging on the treadmill. I think that's wouldn't boring. cut so. it on the soccer field, tell you no. that. No, I wouldn't. I mean, you can even put me at goalie where I don't have to move hardly. I just I just don't like soccer that much. Foosball, now that's something totally different. You give me a foosball table, I'll play that all day. But put me on a soccer field, Fachi. Uh, I'm not bending it like Beckham. And <laughs> I'll be honest with you, the only soccer player I really know um, out of the the popular ones growing up, Sports Illustrated for kids. Freddie Adu. I don't know if you remember him or not, but he was uh, big. not only do I remember Freddie Adu, I met Freddie Adu. Whoa, you're yep. famous. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I did meet him. Uh, my brother went to the uh, University of Maryland. He was just there hanging out. Uh, I think he might have lived in the area or maybe played locally at the time. I don't know, whatever it was. I remember he was like supposed to be the next big thing like mm. you know i don't know if he was 16 or 18 years old whatever 16 it was. 16 yeah, there was a lot of buzz around him met him he was a nice guy short conversation the one soccer story that i guess i would have would be uh my brother and i we backpacked through europe for a couple weeks we went to barcelona and i saw lionel messi in a game oh wow and i knew he was the guy he scored three goals for me it was like okay he is as advertised. I felt like that was equivalent to watching LeBron play. I go to a game. He scores three goals. There's never going to be anything I could say other than this is one of the best players that ever lived because that's how he was um, advertised to me, and he backed it up. Well, that's pretty awesome. I would love to yep. see Lionel Messi in person. Oh, man. I, I don't think I've seen any really professional soccer in, in my life in person, so that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But anyway, enough about soccer. We're here to talk about the Indiana Pacers, so – if you are a USL fan, that is your soccer talk. We didn't talk anything about the USL, but that's about as much soccer as you're going to get from this podcast. But I let's continue. So. Uh, moving on here, Fachi, let's start with our first player. I'll let you pick. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's go uh let's go Daniel Tice, the Ooh. man of the hour, I guess we could say. I don't really know if that's what we could say, but we're gonna say it because he's coming off of a gold medal, looked great against Team USA. Daniel Tice, do you want to kick it off or do you want me? Okay, I can I can kick it off for you here, Fachi. Okay. So this is an interesting goal because I was looking at his numbers and his games played and that kind of thing. And so my goal for him this year is to play 30 games with the Pacers this season. Daniel Tyus has not played 30-plus games with a team since the 2020-2021 season with Boston before he was traded to Chicago. He played 26 games with Houston and 21 with Boston uh, when he got traded back. 
And then when we traded for him, he played seven games last year. So I think that if he can get in about 30 games before the trade deadline, that would be perfect. I think it would show that he's healthy, that he's contributing to a team, hopefully that's in the playoffs, and does maybe increase his trade stock a little bit. I think that goes hand-in-hand with my first goal. You said availability. Because, look, I know you said 30 games. Man, it was kind of crazy to see that he hasn't played that many games with the team in this many years. Yeah. Last year, Tice wasn't available for the first 55 games of the season after a knee procedure. It set him back, and honestly, it eliminated any trade value that he could have had last year. I don't know what the Pacers were looking to accomplish in the six games before the deadline where they tried to showcase Tice, but he only played one game after the deadline. So it really showed, hey, they weren't able to show enough of his talent to have another team interested, but he's going into this season healthy, coming off of winning a gold medal with Germany, and in the final guaranteed year of his contract. So if Tice wants to not just stick around the league, but also earn above a minimum contract, he has to stay healthy because, Alex, we always know best ability is availability. No, that's 100% right. And a little fun fact for you, since Daniel Tice has entered the league, he started at least one game in every single season. Can you believe that? He's he's on quite the streak. You know, we we, got to see, does he get that start this year? What do you got? I think he could. I think I, it's going to continue. He's going to get a start. He's good for year. one. I think he's good for at least he one. He got one last year in just seven he's, games total. He's going to keep the streak going. I feel like at one point, Miles might need some rest. You know, I think if the Pacers hey, say, you know what, we're a little bit thin, no Miles tonight, who can get the job done? It might be Daniel Tice. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to continue going on here with my final goal for Daniel Tice because with this episode, we're talking about three players decided – Only do two goals for these players. So Daniel Tice, I said, since Tice was the fourth big last year, there's no feel for where he will be in the pecking order. I'd like to see Daniel Tice be the second or third string center and improve his trade stock. So that does kind of go along with the playing the 30 games type of thing. But I want to see him at least get some run. I don't really want to see him just collecting dust on the bench. I think that he's too valuable to potentially winning games, not getting any bit of a chance to to play there because – I thought what we saw with Germany, like we saw him healthy. We saw him have some really important games, especially against USA. Like he played really well against Team USA. I think that Daniel Tice still has good basketball left in him. He's 30, 31 years old. So still in that prime of his career at this point, didn't come to the NBA until he was 25 years old. So there's a lot to, you know, still like about his game. And I think that just him kind of finding a spot in that rotation and not just being the odd ball out like he was last year where he's just supporting the young guys would be huge. And I think that's a good season goal for him. I really think it is. And I'm feeling something a little bit similar, maybe going a little bit further. I'm saying win the backup center spot. Yeah. I, I don't want it, him to be the backup. Center. I, that's my I, problem. I, I understand it. I get it. But if we're talking about a goal, Daniel Tice shouldn't come in here saying, I want to be, eh, I want to be roughly the third. <laughs> True. Center. That's fair. So, you know, for his goal, like a goal for himself should be that, I want to win that backup center job, and I think that that is completely up for grabs. Who said this couldn't be the Tice resurgence year? Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Look, I'm not not saying it's possible. I'm not saying it's not impossible. So I think at this point, he's really NBA ready because he is the veteran of the backup centers, but he's also coming off that solid FIBA run that I mentioned. So I, I feel like, hey, Winning, he's gonna be at he's gonna be out there saying, you know what, I wanna play more. 
seven mm-hmm. games on the whole season. That's not what I, I want to do at this point in my career where, you know, it's either a now or never if he's going to continue to move forward and have more years on his career or if this is his last real chance at having, you know, ample playing time on a on team. So yeah. Chad even said it. I'm sorry, what do you got? Well, I was just going to say, I think at this point, if he ends up being the four-string center once again, that they're just going to trade him. because I think, yeah, I completely I, agree. I don't think he's going to be happy not playing once again. Like, yeah, it's okay mm-hmm. to understand, like, the team's in a bit of a rebuild, and we're trying to see these young guys develop, and they had that conversation with him. But to just flat out say, hey, you're not going to play. Uh, we're going to play Jalen and Isaiah over you. Like, I would say, okay, find me find me a team, please, yep. anywhere. Like, I got to get some reps. I can't just be sitting here collecting dust, watching the games with the front row seat. I need to be involved because – I'm 30, 31 years old. I still have plenty of basketball left in my career that I can provide good basketball for another team. Don't strap me to this team that's got too many bigs already. Find me a place because I think he's still talented enough that he can be a productive backup big. I completely agree. At 31 years old, he's 31 and a half. So this is kind of his last real chance if he's going to earn one more contract. He's got to show something. If he doesn't play at this point, He's either just going to be cut or it might even be hard to move him. But if, if he is able to win that backup center job, he stands that ability to be traded somewhere. The Pacers are not going to wave and stretch him. They want to protect that flexibility. So we even heard from Chad directly say, hey, he probably gives us, if we want to go out there and we need to win, he probably gives us the best chance. Mm. So I think at this point, Tice, you could make an argument, could be the most consistent shooter of the group. I think Jalen Smith's been a bit inconsistent in his career. Isaiah Jackson, we have not seen it. So I think that if, uh, you know, if that spot, it could go to anyone right now. Daniel Tice cannot be ruled out. And I really do think this is the most critical year of Tice's career that it's either now or never. Mm -hmm. He's one of the few Pacers that's actually still older than me, Fachi. I mean, I just turned 31 last month, but he was born... In 1992, but actually April 4th. So you oh, still man. got him. What does that mean for months. me? Am I, is is anyone older than me? I, I'm, uh, I'm, now I'm starting to, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. I might be the, the veteran on the team, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you want to know what's interesting, too, is Daniel Tice's nickname on basketball reference, Vanilla Tice. Tice, Tice, wow. baby. That's bad. That, that is, wow. That is something, <laughs> man. I, I don't know who's ever called him that. But basketball reference, the, the nicknames, hey, that's that's where they go. So yeah. at this point, Vanilla Tice it is. Yeah, well, someone else that's older than me too, and uh, you're so older than him as well, is TJ McConnell. He was born March 25th, 1992, so he's actually just a few days older than Daniel Tice. But I want to talk about him next. What kind of goals do you have for TJ? For TJ McConnell, I, at th- this point, this is like the – No one knows what we're looking at for TJ McConnell on the year. But I'm going to say this, and I'm starting it big. Win the backup point guard spot. And I know that sounds like like a a tall mountain to climb. But counting TJ McConnell out is something someone's done probably his whole life, his whole career. There's always been people saying, he can't do this. He's undersized. He's undrafted. He can't shoot. Yet, not only is he still here, he signed a contract extension for like double the money at, that he initially signed for. Yeah. So now once again, it feels like, okay, well, where's McConnell going to fit into this group? I don't know, but there's a dog inside of him. And that ain't a chihuahua. That's more of a pit bull. And I think that he's going to put the pressure on the coaches and the players 
to carve out some sort of role on this team. Maybe it's, you know, Nemhard's playing more alongside, um, you know, Tyrese Halliburton. Maybe it's, it's you know, uh, McConnell running some of that second unit. Or yeah. maybe it's Nemhard playing some of the two, McConnell playing some of the one, you know, in that second unit. I don't know, but I think that TJ McConnell is not going to go down without a fight. No, I like that a lot, Fachi, and uh, I'll get to that here in a second, but I wanted to share a different goal first because okay. I feel like this goal is really interesting. Um, I want him to attempt over one three-pointer per game. Mm, interesting. Last year, he shot the most efficient percentage on the team, but only on 0.8 attempts. Getting over 1.0 attempts will show us a larger sample size, even though not that much larger, but still, you're talking about probably 30, 40 more three-pointers attempted in the year. I think that we'll get a better chance of like, hey, is this three-point shot really improved or was that a flash in the pan last year? So I want to see him launch it from three a little bit more. Last year he shot 44.1%, which is just out of this world. So I would like to see him continue to launch it from three. Number one, it makes his game so much more difficult to guard him because if people have to respect the three-point shot, you can't sag off of him like a lot of teams do. And that's how the scouting report has been for McConnell for the longest time. So if he's able to stretch out the floor by shooting threes and be consistent at that and shoot at an efficient rate with a higher attempt rate as well, that could really be nice for his game. Great minds think alike because I am right with you. Oh. Mine was just slightly different, but it was continued to improve his three-point shot or just show that last year wasn't a fluke. <laughs> the knock on McConnell for so long, I mean, he can't shoot. It takes him forever yeah. to wind up. Well, Alex, you, you talked about it, 44%. It was fantastic. It really was. Only attempted 59 threes. Yeah, yeah that's like not very many. 59 threes, that's nothing. Yeah. But he picked and he chose and he was very picky with when he shot threes. But when he did, it was good. It, it was good. And I don't want to say, I know you said, hey, one attempt per game. So it's not like drastic. I didn't want to be the guy that's like, you know what we need? More McConnell threes. But it was just like, okay, can you can you shoot 40% again? If it yeah. is one attempt per game, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like we're asking him to all of a sudden be a go-to three-point option on this team. But if McConnell can show, hey, look, this is something that I've really added to my game, and we know he's been working on it. Just last year was the first time it felt evident to really see his hard work paying off in games. You just in 2023, you can't be a non-factor from three-point land as a guard. And I feel that McConnell is one of those players who's adding that to his game little by little. And I think that to ask to go from 0.83s to one is very reasonable. I'm just saying, can can that be part of your game? Whether you're going to be picky and only attempt a three here and there, just don't be uh, a liability from three where all of a sudden the defense is completely sagging off of you and you're still not shooting. I think you've set the record for the goals for everybody being shoot at a high efficient rate. I think if this team had Dale Davis, one of your season goals would have been shoot 40% from three. Yeah. I'm like, really, Dell Davis, that guy? You want him yeah. to shoot threes? I mean, that's I, no. that's just where we're at with you this this uh, season goal series. It's just like every player has to shoot above 40% or it's, they're trash. It's hard to go through some of these players where it's like, TJ McConnell, what's his role going to be this year? I really don't know. Well, Is he going to win yeah. the backup point guard spot? Probably not. Is he going to you know shoot well over 40% on more volumes? Probably not. 
But yeah. at this point, what do you really say other than it, be a great teammate? You know, it's like, no, <laughs> don't miss a high five. Yeah, exactly. Like those shouldn't be the goals, but no. it's just like, hey, we got to try and find something that he can really sink his teeth into. And I think that these are reasonable things to say, this is what I'm going for this year. Well, and that's why I put for my last goal for TJ to embrace whatever role he's asked to play. Look, if he's out yeah. of the 10 man rotation, I hope he can be the player coach for this team that mentors the young guys. Like he's got that capability. He's already kind of done that a little bit while playing, but at this point it's, it's another thing to like have the respect of the young guys when you're playing. And then another thing to like not be in the rotation, but we know he's going to make practice hard. Like, Tyrese Halliburton oh, yeah. said, going up against C.J. McConnell every day in practice, like, I'm ready for someone else to play against because he makes life a living hell defensively. So I just said, if he's in the rotation, though, do whatever McConnell usually does. Scrap and help lead the second unit's defense because he can do all that. I I, I really do. Like, if he's if he's out there, I'm not worried about him playing. Like, that's not no. the thing. I just feel like the opportunities for other guys might be more important than playing McConnell. But at the same time, like, Rick's going to play guys that are going to go out there and earn it. And I guarantee you there's going to be a game. If McConnell's out of the rotation to start the year, we're, it might it might even be like the first three games where the Pacers are sluggish with the bench. Guess who he's going to call on? Captain, oh, yeah. Captain Comeback. McConnell's going to come in there, and Captain Chaos is what I really should call him, Captain Chaos, because that's what he creates. He creates chaos when he goes in there. He adds pressure. He just does a lot of different things well. And stuff that you don't always see on the box score is kind of who TJ is. So that's why I think – it's nice to have that card in your back pocket, but at the same time, he is one of the older guys on the team. I think he's either the oldest or the second oldest. Um, it's between him and Buddy. We'll have to see where Buddy's at age-wise. I forget, but I think that McConnell, very good player, but I think he needs to embrace whatever role he's asked and, and just do it to the best of his ability, which I know he will, but I just want to see him like not pout and sulk if he's not in the rotation. Yeah, TJ McConnell is older than Buddy Heald. He's 31 okay. and a half. Um, Oldest guy on the team. Yeah, that's why it was kind of tough to come up with some goals where I couldn't say, like, you know, one and a half steals per game. Because I don't know how many minutes he's going to play or anything of that sort. But the basketball reference nicknames, Floor General. McCutchell. McClutchell. McClutchell. You know, I, I don't, I've never heard that before. Rocco? Rocco. I, that's, there's got to be some sort of meaning or story behind that. <laughs> some of these, look. I could see, oh, floor general, yeah, okay, yeah, like he, you know, he definitely is. McClutchel, like, I don't know. Never heard that. I never heard that, you know, and it's just like, if you look at McConnell by his numbers, I want to give him credit because the last few years, each of the last few years, 26 minutes per game, then 24, then down to 20, yet he's remained basically the same player. His mm -hmm. scoring went from 8.6 to 8.5 to 8.7. So somehow he actually averaged a career high points per game this year in lesser minutes. Yeah, field goal that's, percentage. that's interesting. I mean, field goal percentage, it's gone up. I yeah. mean, he shot 54% last year. You know, the 44% from three, it's just like he's continued. His assists went up this year compared to the year before. It's just he gives you everything he's got in the time. But when we've seen his minutes decrease year by year, there is nothing to say that McConnell is going to play the same, if not more minutes next year. It feels like a guarantee that those minutes are coming down unless there is some awful injury that we hope does not occur for the Indiana Pacers.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, well, let's move on. I'm talking about taking a lesser role. We're talking about Buddy Healed. And so for me, Fachi, I'm going to start here with my first goal. And I said, embrace the six-man role as he enters a contract year. Look, Buddy does have starter level potential with this team. But I think the best thing for the team is for him to come off the bench. So don't really want to say that's a goal, I guess. But for me, it's like just embrace the six-man role because we knew in Sacramento he was not happy with that role. And I'm hoping that if that is the role he's given this year with the Pacers, if Carlisle's like, okay, you're going to be the backup to Benedict Matherin or Bruce Brown or Andrew Nimhard. We need you to play this way. We need you to be our scorer off the bench. I hope he embraces it. I hope he's like, yeah, I'm Buddy Buckets. Give me the ball, get out of the way, right? And let me cook on offense with the second unit. But my biggest fear is if he doesn't buy into that, he could be a little bit disgruntled. And we saw that happen in Sacramento. I'm just hoping that's not a carryover from having a lesser role and potentially playing, well, more than likely playing lesser minutes. Uh, we expect Buddy to play lesser minutes. I know when we went down to our minute breakdown, you know, you were – decently lower on him than I was. And I thought the minutes that you had for Buddy, I was like, I just don't see a scenario where he could be happy mm-hmm. with with, the, with those minutes. And I don't blame him. Buddy has the utmost confidence. And for me, the goal that I had for Buddy is the goal that I think that he should have for himself is regain your starting spot in the lineup. I think your goal that you had would be perfect for the team. I've said before, my bold claim would be Buddy Heald for sixth man of the year. That'd be awesome. But I think that Buddy's going into this season saying, you know what? I don't care who's in front of me. I'm going to take back my starting spot. While nothing's beneficial, I think a lot of us strongly feel that Buddy will start the year in the same role that he finished last year, and that's coming off the bench. Yeah, I hope However, that's the case. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do because it's just you don't want to continue to prioritize Buddy over the likes of a Benedict Matherin or anything of the sort. So you want to be able to, you know, develop the youth however i think that buddy similar to like i mentioned with mcconnell has every expectation of putting the pressure on matherin bruce brown nemhart anyone that could be in the running to start at the two or the three spot he's extremely confident and he's hands down not just the best shooter 
of the group, but one of the best shooters the league has ever seen. Mm -hmm. So I think that Buddy knows, hey, he might not go into the year as the starter, but I think that his goal is probably going to be to take that starting job back. Mm -hmm. No, and that's, I mean, and that makes sense. It should be a goal of his, and I think both can be goals. I think that you can say, hey, goal is to be a starter, but the goal is also to embrace that role because some guys don't embrace the rules. You know what I mean? No. And that's and that that can be problematic. If you're not embracing the role that you're given, then it becomes chaos on the team, and you don't want that. But interesting fun fact: I didn't realize Buddy Hield's real name was Chivano Rainer Hield. Did you know that? You know, I had heard that it wasn't Buddy, but I definitely did not know that was his name. That that would never have been one of my top 100 guesses. Chivano. Yeah, uh, I I don't think that's coming out of my mouth at any point. Um, but it, it's good, good to hear. Um, I knew buddy, but he sounds like a nickname, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's another story, you know, behind how he got the nickname buddy, but you know, buddy love, buddy fresh, buddy buckets. That's what they got from on um, basketball reference. That man is a bucket. It, mm-hmm. it, it's what he is. And, um, you know, he, one of the best to ever do it from three point land. So, um, I'm excited to see, this is that pivotal year when you're talking about embracing a role. I just listened to a podcast that Lamar Odom was on. And Lamar, when he was asked to play the six-man role for the Lakers, he hated it. Didn't think he was like, why? Why would I not be starting? Said Kobe Bryant said, this is really what's best for the team if we want to win. When they won the championship, Lamar absolutely felt everything was – that was the right decision. It was all worth it. If the Pacers are not winning and Buddy's not thriving off the bench, he's not going to be happy. If the Mm -hmm. Pacers are winning, I think we're going to get a Buddy Heald who's saying, yep, I'm bought into this role. I, 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 can, I can embrace it. And you know what? Maybe there is a future for Buddy in Indiana. But I think it's got to be him wanting what's best for the team. Yeah. Well, what's interesting here, Fachi, is if you look at some of the numbers when he came off the bench after becoming a starter, um, the shooting did go down a little bit percentage-wise. And so if you look at the numbers with Sacramento, he started – um 32 games no excuse me he started 71 games in 2020 2021 but then you look at the next year where he came off the bench before being dealt in indiana he played in 55 games but 49 of those were off the bench he shot 36.8 percent from three which is above average but that's not the buddy we know because nope, for his career he shoots 40 percent from three and that's why i said i want him to shoot o- over 40 percent from three once again this season it- it's it's a very obtainable goal. I don't think really if you're saying, oh, become a great defender or oh, do this like that. None of that seems realistic. I just think, hey, we need you to be a shooter and spread the floor. So let's continue down your career path and shoot over 40 percent once again, because last year, 42.5 percent from three, which was one of his top five finishes in the league for his career. So you love to see that from him. Just want to continue to see him grow as a shooter and Hopefully, if he shoots that well like he did last year, he'll represent the team once again in the three-point contest. Ooh, you know me, Alex. That's where I'm going with it. Because at this <laughs> point, you think a, you think a buddy, you can't just not think three-point shooting. I said lead the NBA in three-pointers. Oh, made. my goodness. Oh, yeah. Off or the three, bench? Or three-point percentage. So there's an or in there. Or, so, of course. Always yes, a, you always know there's an or in there. you got to hedge a little bet. But here's the thing. Look, when Bocci, people think of the on. best three-point shooters in the league, I feel that Buddy's name does not come to mind. Not even in the top three. I think people go Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and then they might even throw in like a Damian Lillard. Like I feel like that third option is always going to be 
interchangeable. Buddy leads the NBA in threes made over the last three seasons. Mm, actually, about it. actually read an article recently. They said, you know who has the best chance to break Steph Curry's three-point record? I said, I, I got to click this. I clicked it. I read it. He said, Buddy Heald, the way that he's been able to stay healthy throughout his career and play, you know, as many games as possible, and the fact that he's five years younger than Steph Curry, they said that Buddy has the best chance to break Steph's all-time three-point record when it's all said and done. Mm. That says a lot. Now, we expect Buddy's minutes to come down, which is why I think the volume will come down. He shot 42.5% last year. It was amazing. But if the volume comes down, Alex, what if there's a scenario where Buddy is pushing, you know, 45%, 44%? It sounds tough to imagine because that's such a great percentage, and you know there's going to be still good volume behind it. But that's the thing where Buddy Heald, I I think at this point – in a lesser role, could be a, you know, blistering from three-point land. And I would really like to see that. I mean, I would like to see it too. And I think that if he continues to shoot well in a different role, that it's only going to help increase his trade value. So it's interesting because I do think that there's a lot of teams that could value his three-point shooting, but there's a lot of things about Buddy that are a little bit of a liability when it comes to the playoffs, which we've not really seen Buddy ever in the playoffs because he's never made it. Never been there. Yep. But I think that if you just look at how he's played, like there's been times when he was in the closing lineups for games last year, and I think it was him and Benedict Matherin together, and they actually looked pretty good together in, in closing minutes of a, of a tight game. So it's not that he can't. He's, an, he's a competitor. Like at the end of the oh, day, yeah. Buddy Hill is a great competitor, and while he might struggle a little bit defensively or struggle here with just basic fundamental defensive stuff, he's an incredible offensive player. And so you can't take that away from him. Even though he's kind of a one-dimensional player, I think that Buddy Hield still has a great role in the league and for the Pacers. So I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, if he does start, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to be mad about it because I know he does well with Tyrese and in Rick's system. So I, I just feel like shooting the ball well from three off the bench and really helping this Pacers team, especially the bench, just open up their game a little bit more is going to be huge for the success of this team. Buddy, if Buddy buys in completely, this Pacers team, I feel like, can unlock just another level of that. But it's just really, this is going to be, I hope it's not going to be a storyline of like, well, you know, Buddy's Buddy's not too happy about this. We still don't know if that is his burner or not, you know, on, on Twitter where we've seen some, some comments of the sort. But I just don't want there to be a scenario where the Pacers aren't winning, Buddy's not starting. And we're starting to hear any comments at all because the Pacers, one thing that they've had the last few years is a great locker room. And this year, they don't have as many veterans as they used to. So this this is something I am keeping an eye on. But I, I would love to see him thrive in that role because the chemistry he has, and that role I say is off the bench, but the chemistry he has with Tyrese, it's some of the best chemistry in the entire league. And... We know their minutes, are, it, it, they're not going to have as many minutes this year as maybe they did last year or the year before, but they will be on the court together. They will. And I'm excited to see Buddy do what he does. Alex, you know, there was a little bit of an honorable mention goal over here uh, that I had, a little extra one. You threw it in there, but it's just win the three-point contest at the All-Star game in <laughs> Indiana. 
I look, assuming Buddy is still a pacer by the All-Star game, how awesome would it be to see him not just represent us because he did that last year, but win it in Indiana. He's won it in 2020, but I still feel like he doesn't get those flowers that he deserves as that elite, elite three-point shooter. I think that this would be awesome to see him represent because Tyrese Halliburton, does he do it again? I don't know. Halliburton, you expect to be, see in the All-Star game. Buddy Heald would love to see him hoist that trophy in Indiana. I hope he's wrapping the Pacers at that point, but so we, do we don't know because he could be traded at that point. It, so. it's, it's very possible. So, you know, hey, it, it's just it's not like Buddy's going into – no one goes into the year like, I'm going to win that three-point contest <laughs> in All-Star game. Like, like People dream a little bit bigger, but I do think that, like, if you're Buddy Heald – That's a good goal. It's a good goal. It's a good goal, and I, I just think that um, – this is his legacy. His legacy is, is three-point shooting. And I think why not go for it, you know, an all-star weekend? Well, what's your legacy, Fachi? What is my legacy? Uh, it's it's still being built. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I, I guess for right now, it's uh, just being the president of Jermaine O'Neal you know, fan club right over here. Nice. Uh, for me, and I, I've told you this before, but dating back to college, I would bring a sign to every sporting event saying, bring Jermaine O'Neal back to Indiana. Every single event. I'm talking about West Virginia versus Oklahoma State basketball. I'm talking about the the TBT tournament. I would go any basketball game I was ever at. I would do that. People would laugh. Oh, what are you, what are you doing? That's so random. And I'd get on ESPN in the background and do all that stuff. And then when I brought in the big three, it made such a ruckus that they brought me down to the court and I got to meet Jermaine O'Neal, which then mm. led to Jermaine O'Neal coming on our show from the big three, and it was like, hey, I set out a goal to do that while Jermaine O'Neal never ended up coming back to the Pacers. Hey, I accomplished what I wanted to do, and that was to, uh, you know, be able to one day meet him, interact with him, have him on the show. It all worked out. Yeah, that's a legacy right there, Fachi. That is. My what's yours? I don't have one right now. It's well, still yeah. to be determined. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, what I'm saying. I mean, you know, if you're not in the league, how do you really have a legacy? I know. I mean, what? I'm a, I'm a co-host of a podcast that talks about the Pacers. I mean, hey. that's my legacy right now. Well, we're working we're still on it. We're, we're still it. building it. So exactly. Speaking of building it, if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating and review to help us build this kingdom, build this legacy, build this podcast. And Fachi, tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenMBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they could check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace of Pacers Podcast where you can find all of our latest video content. We hope you guys are checking that out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well so you can see our lovely faces as we record these podcasts. But Fachi, if you're excited to see what these veterans bring to the table this year, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop, smooth. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.